Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. And we will be your lore master and lore mistress for the evening. We are we are talking we're talking some drits. We have already covered drits. We covered drits a few months ago. But I, I, it was always in the back of my mind like mm-hmm. one hour isn't enough for this character. No. And even at the time, like, well, maybe we should have done a two-parter. Even two hours wouldn't be enough for this character because there are dozens of books, of novels of this character, uh, the video games, comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just mm-hmm. so much to unpack. And so we are going to do exactly that. We are going to go through the Legend of Dritz book series. Uh, saga by saga or series by series you know the 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 entire series is broken up into uh, trilogies or quartets and Mm -hmm. so yeah so we're going to start off we're not going in in publication order for simplicity's sake we're going to go chronologically so we're starting with what uh what is book one um but it wasn't the first book published actually r.a salvatore who uh, wrote all these Dritz books, went back and 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 sort of filled in filled in the gaps after after the his first trilogy, which you know uh, introduced the Dritz character, and and you know and he became wildly popular, and he's like, oh, I I should write some more about this guy. <laughs> so I the, am ready to hear it. So the first book is called Homeland. So Dritz Duerden is born the third son of the tenth noble house of House uh Tenth Noble House, which is known uh his... let me start over. The tenth noble house <laughs> of Menzo Berenson. There we go. Hey, uh, you did got it. it, nailed it. Um perfect. So he is so House Duerden is the tenth noble house of Menzo Berenson. Uh Duerden's ancient and more formal name is Dermin Naashez Bernin. Uh, the matron mother of the house is Malice Duarden. And uh that and that's his that's his physical mother. His father mother but this is Malice. Mother, oh. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's gnarly. That's scary. <laughs> uh his father, but this is unknown to him until the end of book one, 
His father is the house steward and weapon master, Zach Nefane. Oh. So a, a quick little um, like backstory. The drow culture is extremely matriarchal with mm-hmm. men simply needed to A, a fight and B, procreate. It's pretty much the only oh. positions that they hold as men in drow society. Right. And so the third male child her drow custom is to be sacrificed to the spider goddess Loth. Uh, we love her. We do. She's That's very amazing. aesthetically very awesome in execution, yeah. very terrifying. Yes, exactly. So Dritz being the third born son of House Jordan, this is to be his fate until... So we mentioned earlier that House Jordan is the was the 10th noble house when Dritz mm-hmm. was born. Almost simultaneously during Dritz's birth, his house attacked the fourth noble house, House Devere, and actually defeated them, causing Ooh. them to lose their place in the pecking order and for House Jordan to actually move up to ninth. And it okay. was during the chaos of this battle that the second-born male, the second boy of House Jordan, Deenan, attacked and killed his brother, the first-born male, the elder boy, oh. Nalfane. So, yeah, yeah, right. That that sort of O oh is is you know uh, acceptable, you know, in, mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in in normal sort of society. Um, but and but normally uh, in a normal society, you know, fratricide would be looked down upon, but it's in the society of drow, this type of ruthless behavior in order to move up in station is not only tolerated, but it's almost kind of encouraged, you know, like that you're, if you're seen to be like that sort of gung ho, then uh, people kind of like, like, Hey, like maybe you have what it takes. So kind of a, kind of a killer be killed situation. A little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So okay. this action has two different consequences. So okay. Deenan is now the elder boy of the ninth noble house of Menzo Berenson, and Dritz is now the second boy, and as such, oh. does not need to be sacrificed. Which oh, okay, so it's not just which order they came in; it's survival right. as well, right. surviving. Right. Okay. okay. And so it's it's interesting, you know, to know that. Um, it was, you know, the, the drow sort of like ruthlessness, uh, Mm -hmm. in particular house Jordan's ruthlessness that ends up being its undoing, you know, normally you said it's it's kill or be killed. And so usually that sort of ruthless behavior, that mindset, uh, would, you know, would, you know, would, um, benefit them, but it, you know, and you know, spoiler alerts for like a 30 year old book that we're actually going to cover later on. Uh, <laughs> but Dritz is essentially like, you know, because of what happens sort of, you know, become like leads to the downfall of house Jordan. Okay. So like I said, it's, it's interesting, like the way, the way the fate works. So I'll say, so, so meanwhile, as part of house Jordan's attack on house Devere, the wizard Gelrus Hanet aka the faceless one and they call him the faceless one because like it looks like his face is all melted off oh. uh attempted to kill out and devere and this was um as part of an agreement between the faceless one and house steward 
However, uh, Gelarus's younger brother, Massage Hanet, uh, killed his brother, killed the Faceless One, and then almost went ahead and killed Alton before Alton struck a bargain with Massage. So, you know, Devere, and, and the thing with when uh, when a Menzo, when a house of Menzo Berenson attacks another house, mm-hmm. it, it needs to be complete and utter annihilation. They can, they have to basically kill anyone. And if there are any survivors, they have to be captive. They have to be, um, and when we see that later on, um, but you know, there no loose ends. Okay. Which, which yeah. Alton surviving is a loose end. Yeah. And so massage is going to kill him, you know, un, you know, unknown to him, like what's going on, like what, what started this in the first place. But Alton strikes a bargain with him. He says, you know, he's I'll tutor you in your magical studies, you know, under the guise of the faceless one. Like I'll pretend to be the faceless one while um. also attempting to determine who's responsible for my house's destruction. And Massage mm. agrees like, hey, like that sounds like a good idea because like he always kind of held it against his brother, um, his, his, you know, spell casting abilities. And yeah, so he's like, cool. Like I learned how to do that. But he's still like, you know, he's also the kind of guy who would kill his brother. And so uh, he agrees, <laughs> but he's like, well, we've got to, you know, like no one's going to believe you're my brother if if you look the way you look. So we've got to we've got to fix that. And so he melts Alton's face with acid so that he appears to be the faceless one. Oh, they went all in, like all in. Man, it's awesome. Talk about committing to a bit. <laughs> uh, so small matter of note as well. Um, in his possession, Mason has a certain onyx figurine in the shape of a Black Panther. So that okay. is where we get uh, Gwen Ivor. Um, so um, until Dritz is old enough to um, to begin training with Zach Nefane, He's under the quote unquote, and I put in the notes, I put this in in quotations, the care of his sister, Vierna. Uh, mm-hmm. Care most like, you know, um, think like um, the Dursleys in Harry Potter. Like, I mean, but mm-hmm. worse somehow. Oh, so the uh, Worsleys? The, there you go. The Worsleys. I'm so sorry. Oh, the puns. They're, they're never ending. It's It's true. And so it's Virna who first begins to suspect Dritz's unique disposition in regards to traditional drow society. You know, she's she's all in as far as like, you know, like this is what we do, this is how we act, this is how we think. And Dritz's like, I kinda I'm not in I'm not sort of into that. But he also is like very like strong headed and masters the levitation spell much quicker than um than usual simply because he just doesn't want to quit. And so, right. like, she sees this sort of, you know, um, kindness, more or less, in him, but also, like, this, like, fierceness, this fierce fierceness mm-hmm. of will. So it's, it's, she's, like, not sure which is going to win out. So at 16 years old, Dritz begins training with Zach Nefane, not realizing the weapon master is his father. Uh, despite the obvious familial connection, Zach Nafane and Dritz also share a distaste, a distaste for the ruthless Drow society. You know, so the way Dritz feels about how messed up Drow society is, yeah. Zach Nafane shares those beliefs, and that causes their mm. bond to get even stronger. 
near the end of his training, a lesser house, uh, Kenduis attacks and fails to eliminate uh, another lesser house, House Freth. And so okay. their failure results in every member's execution by the ruling council. Like oh. I said, like this definitely like, you know, this is a this is a thing. Like if you attack another house, you you need to make sure the deed is done. Oh, gosh. So they're executed by the ruling council who summon demons to feast upon their flesh. Oh, again, all in. And I love it. I Yeah. So Dritz is disgusted by this, as any normal person would uh, would be. And his mother, Malice, seeing you know his reaction, uh, magically disguises a goblin slave to appear as a drow and forces Dritz into battle with it before and and essentially, you know, forcing Dritz to kill what he what he thinks is another drow until the mag- until the you know the illusion right. wears off. And so that's sort of like, you know, if you're wondering like where Malice is, you know, headspace is at, where her heart is at, yeah. she's the kind of, of mom who will make her son uh, kill one of his own, you know, because he doesn't like the fact, he doesn't like demons. Doesn't want the attention <laughs> Doesn't on want him. demons doesn't want... eating um, uh-huh. people. Eating people? I mean, I gotta, I gotta say I agree with him hard to disagree with grits on this one yeah i'm i'm not uh not real big into demon feasts not my not my scene meanwhile alton is uh found by the matron mother of house hanette you know found out uh, but rather Mm. than kill the imposter she accepts alton into her house and reveals to him it was house steward who destroyed his family oh uh, soon after, Dritz is accepted into Mele Magthir, which is the warrior school portion of the Academy of Menzo Berenzen. Okay. And here, the young here's where young Drow are indoctrinated with the Drow point of view, which is you know Drow elves good, surface elves bad, Loth mm-hmm. good, Coraline bad. Everything right. that we have is good. Everything that they have is bad. We're right, uh, they're wrong. Right. This is the best way. Us against them. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. you know, Dritz continues to push back against. Like, very um, critical thinking, Dritz is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his first year there was tough. You know, he found it hard to adapt to the drow way of thinking of just sort of like, you know, not making friends, you know, always looking out for yourself at the expense of others. Right. Uh, his second third fourth and fifth years though his superior swordsmanship wins him the grand melee which is like a big like year-end sort of um excursion sort of like uh okay not adventure but activity and so many activities at the academy (laughs) right and in his uh eighth year during a patrol manages to kill two hook whores single-handedly uh which is something that you know like people say, like even the great Zachnafane, the weapons master of House Jordan, likely wouldn't be, you know, would be hard pressed to accomplish such a feat. Ooh. So he's definitely earning a reputation. Right. Um, discovering Dritz is training at the academy and thus separated from his family and his house. Alton decides that this will be that the, the young drow that that dritz will be the first target for his vengeance like so he wants to destroy the entire house 
and thinks like, I'll start off with Dritz. However, Massage is able to dissuade Alton from his plan, telling him that the matron mother of House Hanet, Sinefe, has plans to quell the threat of House Duarden permanently. So mm-hmm. they're sort of like, you know, planting the seeds. Yeah. And so after nine years of combat training, Dritz begins six months at Sorsayer, the wizarding school of the portion of the academy. And looky look, who happens to be his tutor? None oh, other no. than Massage. Of course. It was actually Cinefe who arranged this so that Massage could more closely study his foe. But now that string pulling came with a catch that no harm was to come to Dritz while, you know, while doing this, you know, Massage, you know, right. uh, you know, Massage wasn't able to, um, or Alton wasn't able to enact any sort of plan that he had because of, you know, what Massage had mentioned about Cinefe that, you know, she had other, right. she had greater plans at work and right. Alton and doing anything, right. Alton be. doing anything mm-hmm. would kind of mess that up. Right. So Massage was able to control himself. However, Alton could not. I mean, if if you felt someone was responsible for killing your entire family, uh, you know. Be hard-pressed to not say something or act on at that. Le- yeah. At least say something, right? At least say something. So he attempts to kill the Duarden second boy. However, Guinevere, or Gu- it's Guinevere, or I've also heard Gwenivere, uh, mm. Gwenivere, uh, saves Dritz and Massage sort of covers it up by saying, oh, that was a test. That was, a, that was you know, that was a test and you totally passed. Uh, Good but, job, woo. Yeah, but Dritz knew he was lying but couldn't really figure out why, right? And this, dear listener, is also the first meeting of Dritz and Gwen Iver. Hmm. So another six months. So he does the six months at Sorsayer, the wizarding portion of the academy, and then does mm-hmm. it then six months at Eric Tenelith, which is the clerical school of the academy. And so a total of 10 years training, most of it, uh, you know, in swordsmanship, but, you know, uh, you know, a little dabble in, in, in the clerics in the clerical arts and in the spellcasting right. arts, but a whole full decade to essentially get you ready. So the most significant occurrence during this time at uh, Eric Tenelith uh, was when Dritz graduated and then refused to participate in um, a, a ritual mass sex activity. Oh. Um, ritual orgies. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Not going to yuck anyone's yum. That's what no. I like to do. That wasn't Dritz's scene, though. I wasn't into it. And uh, kind of like talks back. I think it's I think it's Bjorn. It talks back to one of his sisters, and she's like, "You are not going to talk to a priestess of Loth like that," and takes him down to the Drider Lair, and threatens uh, threatens him with uh, being turned into one of the creatures. Like Driders oh. are like half drow, half spider creatures mm-hmm. that have somehow um, displeased Loth. And have been tra- transformed into like this barbaric creature. It's and a so, curse and a punishment. Dritz is threatened with that punishment uh, should he defy, uh, you know, his family once more. Two days later, Dritz is part of a patrol group, which also includes his brother Deenan, as well as Massage and Gwen Ivier. 
It's during this time they raid a group of surface elves who they then mercilessly kill. And uh, again, Dritz, like obviously disgusted by the entire act. Yeah. But can't, it's, you know, he's, he has to think quickly because he can't show that he's disgusted by it and he can't just be like, oh, hey, you guys have, you can have all the fun. I'm fine. Like he's expected to kill. Yeah. And so part of the job, my dude. Right. And so he ends up, um, he pretends to kill an elf child, um, like, you know, um, smearing her own mother's blood on her and telling her to, to lay still. And so, which is like, which is gnarly. Like everyone's like, and when they come back, they're like, oh, how'd the hunt go? Like, oh, we killed a bunch of surface elves. Like I had three kills and I had this many and, and Malice sort of like, oh, what about, what about Dritz? You know, my, my tender hearted son. What about him? Like only one. And she's like, oh, only one, huh? And they're like, oh yeah, but it was an, it was a child. And she's very pleased by this. Oh, right. (laughs) So that's comforting. Lovely mother figure. This act of mercy on Dritz's part actually causes House Duarden to lose the favor of Loth. Oh. Unbeknownst to them. Like they lose the favor and they and they're not exactly sure why. So House Annette, uh the House Annette matron mother Cinefe learns this, learns that Duarden has lost favor and immediately works to exploit uh exploit that. Uh of meanwhile, course. right, of course. I mean, like keep in keeping with the drow society right it's very very brutal uh meanwhile zach nefane believing his son was you know essentially like just like the other drow and like and really like wasn't like himself at all uh and had, you know and had killed an elf child challenges dritz to a sparring match with both realizing you know that it's actually going to be a duel and possibly to oh. the death Probably. Uh, but right but first uh, Dritz patrol group has to investigate activity elsewhere where they discover a group of Snirfneblin, which are deep gnomes. I uh, love the Snirfneblin. <laughs> so these deep gnomes are mining too far into drow territory. And in the ensuing battle, they summon an earth elemental who Dritz, with the help of Gwen Ivor, is able to defeat. Which So like already like he's defeated two hook whores by himself. He takes mm-hmm. down an earth elemental almost single-handedly. Again, like the reputation just continues to grow and grow. However, in the chaos of this battle, Massage decides this is this is this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And shoots and strikes Dritz with a lightning bolt, allowing oh. the deep gnome. Right. Yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna, he's like, this is the time to strike. Right. Allowing the deep gnomes in their retreat to take the to take Dritz captive. Ooh. And so this, you know, was after all drought territory, so it doesn't take long, uh, and it's not very difficult for Dean and the rest of the group to track them down. Right. Uh, they track down Dritz, they save him with the help of Gwen Ivor, and they mm-hmm. slaughter all the deep gnomes, except for one. Oh. They leave one gnome alive, Belwar Disengulp. He that was allowed a to live. Name. It's it's great. It's really cool. He's allowed to live uh and return to the uh Neblin city of Blingdenstone. Mm-hmm. Um simply because Dritz is like, hey, like let's leave him alone to tell of, you know, to tell the story, like, you know, of not, you know, to to be a warning to everyone else. You know, obviously if we if everyone dies, then it could be um like they might we not ever know. know. 
Right. Yeah. They might not ever find out what happened to him. And yeah, so that we last leave... guy's a calling card. Right. And so they're like, hey, that's a good idea. But Demon's like, I've got an even better idea. Let's do that. But let's cut his hands off. Oh. So uh, Belwar has his hands cut off and sent back to Blingdonstone. Oh. So by this point, uh, House Duarden already knows that they've lost their favor and that a house is moving against him. And mm-hmm. so in order to discover exactly who is doing that, Malice and her daughters summon a Yaklul, uh, which is a handmaiden of Loth. It's a lesser type of Tenari demon. Um, and they have four different uh, forms available to them. Ooze, gaseous, spider, and humanoid. And so Ooh, they sound pleasant. They're disgusting. Definitely look up. I'm look absolutely up looking it up like live look, reaction. Oh, they look like okay. disgusting yellow melted candles. It is a demon candle. This is true. Yeah, it's uh, it's horrible. Everything about the drow is gross. <laughs> I mean, they are kind of yuck. LOL. Um, so the Yakul, um they summon this this uh, this demon to reveal who reveals that House Hanet is their enemy. And it's also at this point that, you know, that that that's revealed that Dritz sort of uh, puts two and two together and realizes that, hey, that wasn't a misguided or misaimed lightning bolt. Massage was trying to kill me. You know, House Hanet is against us. And so obviously, you know. They got to go. I mean, well, I mean, like, obviously, like, you know, he's trying to kill me. Right. And so... Uh, with the knowledge that their hidden enemy is House Hanet, Malice and other priestesses once again summon a Yakul in order to learn Cinefe's standing with Loth. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. So they they aren't sure that they've lost Loth's favor yet, but they do know a house is against him. It's when okay. they summon the second Yakul that they discover that a recent action by their mem- by a member of their family has invoked the wrath of the Spider Queen. Jeez. So meanwhile, Dritz and Zagnafane, they have their quote-unquote sparring match, uh, mm-hmm. and they fight ferociously until they eventually each admit their secrets. You know, Dritz says, like, look, hey, like, you're all pissed off because you think I killed this elf child. I didn't. I just made it look like I did. And Zagnafane's like, oh, cool. I'm your dad. <laughs> so, I really like the uh, abridged version. I would yeah. like to see Dritz abridged. So if that ever exists, I'm in. And so watch it. Um, unbeknownst to Zagnafane and Dritz, Malice and her daughters have been scrying the entire fight and now know the exact reason that their house has lost favor. So they know that, you know, a recent action by a member of their family has invoked the wrath of the Spider Queen. And now they know it's the fact that Dritz didn't kill about or didn't lie about killing the elf child and in fact lied about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Malice specifically orders all of the family to remain in the house steward and co- uh, compound due to fear of an assassination attempt by House Hanet. Despite right. this, Dritz manages to sneak away, learning that Dritz has journeyed from his house alone massage decides this is the time to try this is you know take two in my let's kill dritz plan uh but this time the mage orders guinevere to find and kill the young warrior instead instead there's a bond that is already 
you know, started to, there was, there was all, there was like an instant connection in the bond, uh, you know, right. when the two met and now and the bond just gotten deeper and deeper as, as they've known, as they've grown to know each other longer and longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of killing Dritz, the magical Black Panther aids him in surviving an attack from a cave fisher. And this pretty much cements their bond forever. Permanently. Uh, this led to a battle against Massage and Alton against Dritz, were both killed. And after the fight, Dritz makes a vow to never kill another drow again. He takes possession of the magical statuette used to summon Gwenavir before returning to Menzo Berenson. Okay. And while this is happening, Zaknafane is confronted by Malice and her daughters, who explain that Dritz's actions on the surface um, have cost him his life like so like we have to kill dritz now because of what he's done that's the only way that's going you know that's that's what's going to get favor back on house right. jordan instead zaknafane volunteers to be sacrificed to loth in his son's place an alternative that malice accepts because you know um she's like well you know from what i can tell or what i've heard dritz is every much the the swordsman that zaknafane is Right. So I'm essentially swapping out, you know, father for son, and we still have Mm -hmm. a weapons master. So cool. Uh, So Zach Nefane is killed, sacrificed. Dritz returns Mm -hmm. home uh, to find out that his family is preparing for war against uh, House Hanette, has learned Mm -hmm. that Zach Nefane has been killed, has been sacrificed, and overcome with grief, he deserts House Duarden and accompanied only by Gwen Ivor. Dritz mm-hmm. leaves Menzo Berenson in search of a life outside of the city and the ways of the drow. I mean, that's a hell of a way to kick off a story. That is just didn't even ease in, just kicks the door in. And I, I mean, love it's, it. Yeah, it's, you know, and so like, it's interesting because like I said, these aren't the first books that were published. The first books that were published are the what's known as the Icewind Dale trilogy. Yes. And in them, um, Dritz is more of a supporting character. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really um, they're really supposed to be a vehicle for for another character that Ari Salvatore created. But mm-hmm. something about this Drow character just appealed to everybody. And, mm-hmm. and then at that point, it was off to the races. And so, like I said, Salvatore comes back, fills in some of the gaps in the history. I love it. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, it's, I, and. Like I've, I read the, I read these a while back. And so going through and, you know, going through the plot and, you know, figuring out like, you know, what to talk about, what not to talk about. I was like, oh man, I forgot how great these books are. Like I kind of <laughs> want to read them again. I mentioned it and I got a laundry list of what I need to read. Like, no, you're going to need to read all of these, but this is where you're going to start. And this is the order you're going to go. And it's like, okay, okay. So I have several book reports due now. Um, <laughs> well, while you're it. getting all that ready, let's go to the middle of the show so we oh. can thank our patrons. We can discuss some recent D&D news yes. and check out what the uh, DMs Guild has to offer. Absolutely. Hello and welcome to the middle of the show, where we thank our patrons, talk about the latest and greatest in D and D, and then mm-hmm. uh, hit up the DMs Guild to see what kind of cool uh, homebrew stuff we can get into. 
homebrew shenanigans. Yeah, Mary picked out a humdinger of a DMs Guild corner of the week pick. Like it's I'm... it is gnarly. It is very cool. Oh yeah. Uh, but first, first things first, let's thank our patrons. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons that signed up on patreon.com slash DD Lorecast. And this week, we want to especially highlight our $5 patrons, the Apprentice tier, Daniel P. and Jack. They are able to get uh, ad free early episodes. They get um, Patreon has this cool thing where you can, it has its own like special RSS feed. And so you, you know, bypass uh, Spotify, Apple, all that. You can put it into your own podcatcher yep. and don't have to worry about uh, listening to ads. That's just the best part is ad free. And if you are interested in joining them, like I said, you mm-hmm. can go to patreon.com slash DD Lorecast. We also have a $10 tier, a $25 tier, and a $75 tier, each mm-hmm. with their own cool, specific, unique bonuses and perks. Uh, like $25 tier, you can join our multiverse famous patron chat of the patron roundtable of the month where we discuss, uh, we always have a fun topic to discuss. Uh, and that's going to be next week. And actually next yes. week we're going to, we're going to do some monster rankings. Yes. I'm kind of excited. I have oh, everyone's excited. the like, I... hardest time. I can't choose. Of course I can't choose. Why would I be decisive about this one thing? Yeah, we, uh, I, I mentioned, I, put the the message out to the to our wizard level patrons you know to let them know and they're like oh that's a good that's a good topic yeah that's something <laughs> like oh, i'm yeah. gonna have to think about this because there's very and i said like you can go you can come at it from any different angle you can talk about mm-hmm. you know the your your favorite monsters to dm or right. your least favorite monsters to uh to fight as you know as a player mm-hmm. character and and uh our patron text in star even mentions like yeah and there are certain monsters that i hate going up against when i'm a certain character like a certain character class and i'm like yeah exactly oh yeah some of them are perfectly fine with one class but then you throw some of the other classes in there and it's just not not yeah. conducive not good they pretty much like you know it's almost like they're like an anti whatever like an anti-rogue yep it's like oh you're mm-hmm. about stealth well this one you know has a you know um that's fine i can see you through the fabric exactly, of reality like you cannot hide perception from me. of 25 <laughs> but yeah so lots of cool stuff over on patreon.com slash dnd lorecast t-shirts uh mugs stickers all sorts of fun stuff yes. so definitely check it out if you're able to uh if you are not but still want to support the show you can definitely do so by uh telling a friend by leaving reviews mm-hmm. on Apple mm-hmm. uh, Podcasts or Spotify, um, interacting with us on social media, Twitter yep. at DD Lorecast, uh, emailing us dndlorecast at gmail.com, or joining the Robots Radio Network Discord and talking to us there. We're all like, I mm-hmm. literally always have it open. Same. I'm and very so, rarely not on Discord. If you have a question, you know, if you have, if you need some advice, if you want to workshop something, you know, yes, yes, bring it up and you will, you will get, you will get the help you are seeking. It is very true. It's an amazing community. Absolutely love our, love our fans. So what's going on? What's new in D&D? Well, not a whole lot. Like there was a while where it was just like week after week of just news and news Mm -hmm. and news. And so we're still we're just kind of like in the lull period, you know, uh, spell jammers come out, 
people are still talking about that journeys through the radiant citadel people are still talking about that but now we're kind of sort of gearing up for dragon lance at the end of the year uh i'm gonna go ahead and bring up DD beyond again like i said they they seem to be uh transitioning to that as sort of their um their digital uh like, information hub basically right. like that is where you go if you want to hear anything and all the things DD. They've got uh, in just the past couple of days, they've got uh, a couple of uh, new articles embracing villainy, how to play an mm-hmm. evil character in Dungeons and Dragons and cleric 201, the best magic items for clerics. Oh, so, yeah, so definitely some cool things to um, to check out as far as like if you just want you know a little bit more information on on sort of like the the minutia of the mechanics itself or like a role playing you know and then this was brought to our attention by the aforementioned text 10 star mm-hmm. uh yahtzee dungeons and dragons a <laughs> yahtzee version it's the classic shake score and shout dice game uh but uh it has a dungeons and dragons uh like dice tower to that's pretty cool to use yeah and i he said uh it should i feel like it should be called uh yahtzee and d yeah i feel like that's a missed opportunity there but uh didn't have you on there yeah didn't have me on stuff or at least i wasn't my idea so they should have text on the Mm -hmm. on their on their marketing team uh but yeah i've actually never played yahtzee is that weird i I, well, I mean, I guess we're equally as weird then. I also have never Yahtzee'd. Uh, but yeah, it's got uh, like a the D&D logo, um, like branded dice tower. The dice have like owlbears, gelatinous cubes, beholders. Uh, it's on, you can find it in various places. We'll include a link to miniature the miniature market, at, um, you know, ad for it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's I mean... It's uh, it's one of those like you know like, uh, like oh your son or your nephew or your whoever your office secret Santa likes D and D. Here's something that they that they'll enjoy that they probably don't have. Yeah, I uh, did not know that was a thing. I'm not surprised by it. But I didn't know that it was a thing. I mean, it does feel like I, if I'm ever going to play Yahtzee, then I definitely would want to play D and D Yahtzee for sure. <laughs> buy it for when you're in the nursing home then I, I guess so i guess i'll buy it now and hoard it like a dragon until right. the time comes that's what they do and finally let's go to the dms guild the dungeon masters guild to see what kind of cool stuff what kind of cool homebrew we can get into uh this week mary you uh you presented this to me it's a it's a humdinger it is a it is a beefy boy is what it is. This is Crowns and Castles uh, from John Riley. I actually found this in one of the D&D groups I'm in on Facebook and he had posted it there. And I actually had a conversation with him about it before presenting it to make sure he was cool with it, which is always fun to get to do, to get to talk to the creator about it. Um, so Crowns and Castles is a 267 page um book that allows you to play D as an empire strategy game so it is zoomed out at forty thousand feet basically 
Right. You are getting to, you're no longer playing as a single character. You are in control of an entire realm that you create from scratch, making decisions for its military, economy, culture, diplomacy, all of it. The realm gains experience. They level up. You unlock new abilities. Kind of a kind of a Civ building type game right. variation of D&D. So you're going to do all of this. You can do you know co-op, player versus player. You can mix environments with a DM who guides the world's narrative and lets you attempt anything that you can dream of. So it's got so much stuff in here. There's 27 races, 37 sub-races, um, with uniquely themed set of military units, 13 governments. There's backgrounds, extra skills um, for accomplishing your goals, things like recruit- recruiting, researching, sabotaging, etc. Um, different types of buildings. There's resources for you to explore, exploit, trade, and develop. Uh, Realm-level spells artifacts, military units, just everything you could possibly need for doing like large scale war. So that end of game battle that every DM dreads going into because I don't know how to plan all that stuff. (laughs) Boom. Done. And it, yeah, it just comes with so, 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 so much for 20 bucks. It is a steal. Uh, Yeah, this, this reminds me a lot of the advanced D&D campaign setting Birthright, mm. okay. which um, is sort of like the same idea. It's where instead of like just individual player characters, you're controlling empires. And mm. like I I was never able to experience that, you know, when it came out. And I, I don't and I haven't been able to find anyone that, that's still playing it today. But it seems so cool, like, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, just having six you know or having just one character to play as right now playing as an entire realm as an entire Mm -hmm. kingdom Mm -hmm. and yeah i I love it i think it's so cool in talking with him um he had said and it was it was one of the things that he had said that i thought was really neat he said i like thinking bigger with these games which to me means getting more people involved in the same space so the end goal that i'd love to see is a few people dming separate continents for a cnc game and then however many DMs running their own D&D games in that collaborative homebrew, homebrew world. So basically wants to bring as many people in as possible and use it as a tool to bring people together even more, which is just beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very cool. And um, they're going to um, start developing and testing and adding rules for naval and airship combat. Mm-hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and if you buy the, if you buy crowns and castles now, uh, you know, that will be included as a free update. So, which is very cool. So, yeah. So links to the D and D Yahtzee links to crowns and castles will be available in the show notes. Definitely check them out. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I wish I could play it right now. (laughs) It's yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Well, that being said, Let's uh let's get back to some drow. What do you say? Oh, absolutely. Always ready for some drow. Hello and welcome back. In the first half of the episode, we discussed 
the book Homeland, and we'll finish off the Dark Elf trilogy by discussing Exile and Sojourn. So let's go ahead mm-hmm. and just jump right into it. So Exile, yeah. it is 10 years later. Um, how The houses of Duerden and Hanet are still locked in war, but without the blessing of Loth, neither house can fully destroy the other. So they've just been going at it for a decade Back now. and forth for over a decade now, and Loth is just watching it happen. Just watching it. Uh, and it's not until House Duerden employs the houseless Jarlaxle and his mercenary group, uh, Bregan Deerth, that they're able to finally vanquish Hanet, which moves Duerden to number eight. And the way they do that, like Jarlaxle actually was hired by Hanet and then Duerden like undercuts them. Like basically oh. like, okay, like, hey, like they're paying you this much to to join them. Uh, how about we pay you this much to turn on them? And that's exactly what they do. Which is, hmm. I mean, again, and Jarlaxle, you know, he's, I mean, he's a mercenary. That's that's what he does. So that's what they do. That's what they do. Um, however, one, like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, when, when two houses, when a, one house attacks the other, there needs to be like no survivors. Right. Uh, and I said there, there are some exceptions and this is one. Um, so the matron mother of the first house Matron mm-hmm. Ben Ray uh, says that Sinefe, the uh, matron mother of House Hanet, is mm-hmm. to join Duarden as quote as an eldest daughter, and so like they okay. she says just say that she's your eldest daughter who left to study somewhere else and has recently come back to Menzo Berenson. Hmm, a little a little weird. So, but Sinefe is now part of House Duarden. So Dritz, on the other hand, has been surviving in the wilds of the Underdark this entire time with his former house continuing to hunt him down in order to regain Loth's favor. So this entire time that they're fighting House Annette, Malice is like, we got to find Dritz. We got to bring him back. We got to kill him. And then we'll be able to finally, we'll get the favor back and we'll be able to win this war. But Dritz, you know, it proves hard to catch. Uh, one such hunt ends with Dritz knocking out his brother Deenan and nearly killing his sister Breeza before Gwen Ivor stops him um, because Dritz has entered in what they what he calls the hunter persona, where it's almost like like completely instinctual. Like there's no regard like, you know, uh, there's no regard for how he feels about mm-hmm. the sanctity of life or like how he personal fears, how how. He's against the drow way of living and the drow way mm-hmm. of thinking. The hunter persona is you know, more brutal than drow. And, you know, yeah. he had made that vow that he would never kill another drow again. And so, you know, what's a good friend, you know, than right. someone who's going to stop you from Gotta... making dumb mistakes. It's true. That's, that's absolutely their job. That's, that's what they signed what, up for. That's what Gwen Ivor does. Um, however, Malice is intent on bringing her wayward son back home and hatches a scheme to sacrifice the Doorden patron risen. Like the Doorden patron is essentially like the, the, as high as a male can get in drought right. society. That's, that's what that is. Um, so she's like, I'm going to sacrifice risen in order to gain enough favor to enact this plan that she has. 
And so they summon another Yakul, but instead, like at the last second, doesn't sacrifice Risen. Instead, Malice kills Sinefe. Oh. And so this deviousness actually is pleasing to the Yakul and gains Malice enough favor to perform Zincarla, a spell okay. which reanimates a corpse. Oh. And so her plan is to perform Zincarla, resurrect Zacnafane, who will then hunt down and kill his son. Insult to in well to death to injury. <laughs> <laughs> it's insult to death, thirty. Goodness. So a a little bit about Zincarla. This spell is a more advanced form of reanimation, right. where the reanimated corpse is not just simply a mindless zombie. In fact, um, retains all the capabilities it had while it was alive. And it's considered the highest gift of Loth, and it's very rarely granted. So Mm. this special sort of zombie is known as a spirit wraith and is bound to do a single task chosen by the person that reanimated it and also approved by Loth. So... In this case, the task is to hunt down Dritz. Uh, To give the corpse the abilities it had while it was alive, the spirit of the person who the corpse belonged to in life is called to inhabit the body, but is given very little control over the corpse's actions beyond the use of its abilities. So So they're just watching, just a passenger. Essentially, kind of like think sort of like being John Malkovich. (laughs) okay okay and so but you know it's it's interesting that the spirit is is part of it because i mean the you know without the spirit is just you know this this body that it's just a corpse that's yeah that's it's just a corpse and so they you know want it to be able to do the things it did while it's living so that's why they have to incorporate the spirit into it but yeah but it's given it says it's given very little control so it still has some control uh, for example, mm-hmm. a spirit wraith um, that is driven to do something against its old nature has a chance of breaking free of its control. Oh, okay. And only through the willpower and complete control of the caster are the spirit wraith's desired skills kept separate from the unwanted memories and emotions. As long as that control is maintained, the spirit wraith cannot tire or be distracted from its task. So at this point, Malice is completely physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, she's devoted to controlling this spirit wraith. Okay. Meanwhile, Dritz, for the second time, has come upon a group of uh, Snirfneblin, and this time decides to follow them to their home of Blingdenstone, and surrenders himself to them very peacefully. And they're just completely like and utterly confused by this. They're like, ah, drow. Like, wait, what? He's not trying to kill us? Like, he's surrendering us to us? Like, what doesn't make any happening? sense. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense to them until Dritz asks to speak to none other than Belwar Disengulp. Mm. So the deep gnome, now with an enchanted pick- pickaxe on one arm. And a hammer on the other, you know, oh. vouches for Dritz and convinces the others near Neblin that he is not like the other drow. Like he remembers that Dritz 
tried was to the one that you saved know, his life. Yeah, he he one saved his life, uh, and two like you know wasn't responsible for having his hands cut off. Um, so thus Dritz is allowed to stay in Blinkenstone, albeit they take his weapons, they take his armor, and yeah. they take the onyx statuette, which calls oh, forth no. Gwen Ivor. So all the while. The spirit wraith of Zacnafane is leaving a trail of death behind him as he searches for Dritz, uh, which the deep knowns of Blingdenstone become aware of. They mm. purchase information from Jarl Axel, who informs them of you know what's causing this, um, what, you know what's behind all this, which forces the deep gnomes to cast Dritz out in order right. to protect themselves. Again, a, a very reasonable response, like, "Hey, this yeah. thing." is looking for you well then you need to get out of here because like you, you just this go. got nothing to do with us because i don't want to be found in your place right however belwar being the kind of deep gnome that he is joins him he's like well if he's not welcome here i don't want to be here either i like him i like he's he's a great character this mm-hmm. is actually my favorite of the three books of the trilogy Ooh. the two get into some shenanigans involving various creatures um, including surviving an attack from a human wizard before finding shelter which is uh, then invaded by a hook horror after a few days and dritz is about to kill it before he realizes that it's not a hook horror but rather a peck which is a earth elemental creature with large pupilless eyes they kind of look like gnomes a little bit um, mm-hmm. It's a peck that's been transformed, likely through uh, true polymorph or something similar, by a wizard known as Brister Brister Fendlestick, which is the spellcaster that I mentioned earlier, the human wizard that um, that they survived an attack from. Okay. So as a result of the spell, the peck cannot remember uh, his true name or his past. So Dritz and Belwar named the creature Clacker. Because of the clacking sounds his his hooks make. <laughs> and decide to assist in getting the wizard to reverse the spell. So they once again find the wizard. And I put um, in quotes, convince him. Because it's like they don't really convince him. They're like, hey, do this or we're going to kill you. Uh, but that sounds like a very convincing argument. Why should I? Because otherwise death. <laughs> right. You know what? You got a good point. I should it's totally very, do this. I enjoy living. So I'm going to do I this. Think- I think you're on to something there, friend. I'll do it. So he's going to change Clacker back. But before he's before he starts the spell, he curses Clacker under his breath. Clacker hears it. And in an, in an animalistic rage, Clacker kills Fendlestick. Oh. So now, like, we don't know. Like, no one's sure exactly who has this sort of spellcasting ability to change Clacker back into a peck. Right. But they... they they're determined to figure out a way. Uh, soon after, in order to gain distance between themselves and Zacnafane, who is gaining ground on them, the three continue to travel and are attacked and imprisoned by a group of mind flayers. My gosh. It is the Underdark, after all. This is true. The Underdark is a terrifying place. Uh, Zacnafane comes upon this illithid settlement and kills a handful to make his way in while Gwen Ivor aids Dritz, Belwar, and Clacker in escaping. The spirit wraith confronts Dritz and they duel with Clacker stepping in to aid his friend. 
Mm-hmm. Dritz then agrees to return to Menzo Berenzen to find a spellcaster powerful enough to help Clacker. But unfortunately, he is Clacker oh. is killed by Zachnafane as they attempt to escape. Um, which, you know, it's that's why I love his book so much. The characters just like, you know, these characters that, that are introduced in this book, you know, and and Belwar is introduced in the first book, but he's really fleshed out in this one, his character right. rather. Um, but like Clacker, you know, like the whole point that like, he's becoming this uh, mindless beast. That he and, doesn't want to be, and that's not who he is. And even as far gone as he is, his last act is that of a friend, is that of, you know, of who he truly is, which is sacrificing himself for his friend. That's so sweet. It's, oh man, it's a great book. Um, so Dritz and Zagnafane duel once more. But meanwhile, back in Menzo Berenzen, Malice is completely drained from this constant control that she requires um, mm-hmm. of the spirit rate that she's been, you know, this has gone on several days now. And like the exhaustion I said, this, level's got to be creeping up there. Absolutely 100% correct. She loses control of Zachnafane at this time. And before she's able to regain it, Zachnafane explains what happens to Dritz and then jumps into a acid lake cavern. Oh, and the destruction of the spirit cause the spirit wraith causes psychic damage to Malice, who then is immediately killed by her daughter Breeza. Like you know, so Breeza, much like um Deenan did in the first book, seizes mm-hmm. opportunity. Breeza sees her it. opportunity, takes it, kills her mother, becomes the page or becomes becomes the Matron. matron mom matron mommy uh the matron <laughs> oh mother my. of house toward in, in that moment that's a different podcast however uh matron ben <laughs> uh Benair has plotted against mm-hmm. house jordan this entire time and uses a previously given gift of 200 soldiers uh, to kill everyone except for vierna so Benair. Is like, hey, we know you're going through some hard times. We want to be there for you too. Here's mm-hmm. 200 soldiers. And then, at, you know, once they're inside the compound, it's like, you know, Trojan horse. Absolutely Trojan horse. Trojan horse. I love it. And so they kill everyone except for Virna, who then becomes uh, a handmaiden for House Bainier. And then Deenan, he also is allowed to live. He joins Bregan Day Earth. You know, he joins up with Jarlaxle. Oh, okay. You know, save for those two and Dritz, technically, House Duarden is gone at this point in time. Uh, Dritz then accompanies Belwar back to Blingdenstone before taking his leave for the service or for the surface and awaiting his next adventure. Which takes place in Sojourn, so the third book of the trilogy. What were you saying? Okay, so he's just he's just just doing so much. I'm tired listening to everything he's had to do. I mean, with. this is now he's like forty at this point, so I'm still a big boy. Yeah, I mean, in the in the in a on the drow like lifeline, he's still a baby. Yeah. So, uh, set a short while after the events of Exile. Sojourn finds Dritz living mountainside, acclimating to life on the surface. He encounters a group of gnolls who invite him to be an ally, 
And he starts to join up with them, not knowing that they have plans to raid a local farm and then kill and enslave the humans living living there, which uh, uh, understandably, you know, predictably, he, he protests. Yeah. Uh, and that, predictably, the, <gasps> the gnolls turn on him. And mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he and Gwen Iver quickly dispatch the group. Uh, realizing he knows little of the new world around him. I mean, he literally joined up with a band of murderous, you know, thieves. <laughs> Murder uh, He decides to learn more oh, about the surface and its inhabitants, starting with the intended victims of this knoll raid. So he goes down to that little village and he comes upon the children first, seeing them innocently play without the obvious malice encountered in drow children at play like he sees sort of like um something you know uh like i can't remember exactly i think they're like playing tag or something or they're, they're doing something where you know and dritz really you know makes a point that like oh at this point they would start fighting drought kids will start fighting but it's all but he's yep. like oh it's all part of this game like they're everyone's having fun this is they're not like drow at all this is awesome um they're not murdering each other. <laughs> These children are being kind That's and making friends. That's a pretty friends. low bar. <laughs> are your kids murdering each other? No, I guess they're pretty good kids. Oh, heck yeah, you're doing a good job. Those are some good kids. They're not killing. When he finally reveals himself, he tries unsuccessfully to communicate with and befriend the youngest boy, Liam, who freaks out at the sight of this dark elf. You know, I mean, you got to understand, like, you know, for the most part, I, I don't even want to say for the most part, like just about everyone is terrified of drows and thinks of thinks the right. worst of them. They're absolutely super vilified for a long time for for fair reason. Right. I'm not saying it's not right. reasonable. I mean, like we discussed two whole books full of like awful nefarious behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's trying to you know tell him his name. He says you know he's saying Dritz. And this is where the Drizzit name comes up for the first time. The little boy, okay. you know, hears Dritz, says Drizzit. And so Drizzit is sort of like this, um, uh, not like a, it's like a moniker that, that Dritz has, you know, for those. And mm-hmm. he remembers it as, you know, as one that was created out of fear. Right. Uh, so the village, and so he, so the little boy and, and his friends run off. The villagers decide to look for this drow, and that group is headed up by a trapper named Roddy McGristle. Of course, that's a trapper. <laughs> that is the most trapper name I have ever heard in my life. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, it's like it's like the McGristle family. It's like mm, there's not too much y'all can do, and then. Then they named the the baby Roddy, and they're like, "Okay, well, this one's a trapper, obviously." Well, we know what he's gonna do when he grows up. Goodness. So, in the subsequent hunt, a quickling, a uh, small like little sprite, working for Ooh. a barcast named Ulgulu, uh, who was in fact pulling the strings of the gnolls um, that Dritz killed earlier, that were trying to um, mm-hmm. raid the village. Ulgulu was yes. pulling the strings of those gnolls. Um, and uh, Agulu is a, like I said, he's a bar guest. They are uh, Lupin shapeshifter fiends who okay. come from the outer plane of Ganeha or Gehenna, rather. This quickly exposes Dritz, you know, because mm-hmm. um, he's like, hey, like this is the 
the the dude that killed our Knowles. Like, screw this guy. Uh, which th- right. this exposure leads to one of McGristle's dogs attacking the drow and being killed in the process. And Dritz also loses one of his scimitars during this whole scuffle. Oh. The quickling who is named Tefanus realizes, you know, that Dritz that is responsible for killing the Null group and hatches a scheme uh, to frame him. He taking the form of a drow. Tefanus kills the entire family. Like the little boy from before Liam kills him yeah. and his entire family with oh. the scimitar that Dritz had left behind in order to frame him. Like I said, the, the books go hard. The books go hard in the paint. They're just, just oh, completely super hard in the paint. So, Zero chill. Upon learning what had been done, Dritz swears revenge, partly out of grief and also because he feels somewhat responsible that, you know, for what he's, for what has happened to his family. Right. An adventuring party from nearby Sundabar is composed and sent uh, to deal with the quote drow threat. It's headed by a mm-hmm. ranger and chosen of Mistra named Dove Falconhand. Uh, Dove, however, is more astute than um, than uh, and, than a commoner. She's got a little better well, head and, on their shoulders and, there. And thankfully for for Dritz and you know for Dritz's sake, because studying the crime scene, she begins to believe that shenanigans are afoot. You know, she is familiar <laughs> with Drow and their you know, unparalleled swordsmanship. And she's like, you know, she's like, these, you know, these uh sword attack these sword wounds are that is not done by you or by somebody that knew this right. weapon. Yeah. Uh Dritz, meanwhile, has found Olgulu's lair, kills him, kills his brother, uh, battles a hill giant named Logger Bottoms. You love that name. I know you do. I I do. I just love a silly name. A <laughs> uh, hill giant named Logger Bottoms. Um, uh, the hill giant's also killed, but Dritz is injured during this encounter. Oh. Uh, Dritz confronts one of Falconhand's party, an elf named Kellendell, but is unable to convince mm-hmm. Kellendell of his good intentions. It's only until the drow helps the party, his pursuers, during a stone giant ambush. And this, you know, hmm. you know, obviously, like instead of this, you know, using this to escape, Dritz helps them. And this, coupled with um, Falconhand's previous suspicions, uh, this is enough yeah. to uh, convince them that Dritz is not like his kid. He's not like right? the others. And they let him go after tending his wounds. Oh. McGristle still, you know, it's still a little raw about <laughs> losing his dog. Also, still wants that two thousand gold piece bounty. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so has not forgotten about Dritz at all. Uh, Dritz, meanwhile, holds up mountainside for the winter, and actually gets some unknown assistance from Kellendell. Like Kellendell, like uh, sort of like um, I was gonna say, supplies him with supplies. You know, gets him like you know firewood and stuff like that. Um, it's me. Here I am. Supplies. <laughs> and when the spring returns. Dritz explores the other side of the river and runs afoul of the Orc King Grawl. He is aided in this fight by Montolio de Bruche, the blind ranger of Maliki. After this, uh, Montolio, or Munshi, as he is better known, takes Dritz under his mm-hmm. wing, you know, so to speak, and teaches him uh, common, for one, 
but also the ways of the ranger and those of Maliki, goddess of the forest. And so this is where Dritz the ranger begins to, you know, formulate. Okay. Uh, Dritz also comes to terms with the guilt he feels over the murder of the family several months back. McGristle, of course, tracks Dritz to Mushi's Grove, uh, as it's known, but the blind ranger lies to him to protect Dritz and sends McGristle on a wild goose chase. So who else comes back? Tephanus, the quickling, returns to alert McGristle of Mushi's deception and enters into an alliance with Grawl. Um, and then, uh, then the trapper, the quickling, and mm-hmm. Grawl, your king, all mm-hmm. form an alliance to finally capture and kill Dritz. The Battle of Mushi's Grove takes place, and, you know, long story short, good guys win. Uh, Kellendale shows up with some of his cousins to help out, and afterwards, they take McGristle back to Sunderbar to be tried for various crimes. Nice. Um, however, Tephanus helps McGristle escape, and the Strangler, or the Strangler, well, yeah, he becomes a Strangler by strangling Kellendale to death. Gosh. And is like just dead set on getting Dritz, you know. McGristle the Strangler sounds terrifying, <laughs> by the way. Just uh, Tephanus, you know, is has had enough. He's like, look, we, we've tangled with his drow several times. And each time we come out on the losing end, like we need to do something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, like, or like, he's like, look. And so he tells McGristle like, hey, like, you're trying to kill a drow that's already dead. Like he was killed by a warg at at the previous battle. Like you just didn't know about it. Like he's oh, yeah. he's gone. Like no need to go back. Um, and so you know they go off on their on their merry way, and soon after Mushi dies of natural causes, and Dritz fills a promise that he had made earlier to leave the grove and discover the world. So Mushi knows that Dritz it would be very content to stay in Mushi's Grove forever. But he's like, no, right. like you need to go out and you need to, you need to. The world needs you. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. So he, uh, Dritz wanders North and is chased away from one town after another. Um, but he feels the goddess Maliki is guiding his way. So he doesn't take that rejection to heart. Yeah. Six years pass and McGristle hears rumors of a dark elf you know, walking on the surface and wandering from city to city. And he realizes that Tephanus has lied to him. He actually throws the the sprite in a bag and smashes it against the wall, killing him. Oh, good. <laughs> I know. I know. It's yeah. Uh, so, and he begins his hunt anew. Uh, by this point, Dritz has taken up with the Weeping Friars, a group of beggars and religious zealots who believe that the more they suffer, the more that they suffer, the less the world has to endure. Okay, I don't think that's how it works, but all right. Oh, I, 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 I kind of got a little ahead of myself. Uh, uh, McGristle has not killed Tephanus at this point. At this point, like they, you know, they're oh, still, okay. they're still trying to hunt down the Drow. Uh, it's actually Tephanus who manages to trap the friars and Dritz in the lair of a red dragon, the red dragon he- uh, Hephaestus. Hephaestus, I'm sorry, Hephaestus. 
And only mm-hmm, Dritz's mm-hmm. quick thinking and tricking the Red Dragon into thinking that he's actually that that Dritz himself was actually the Black Dragon, Mergen, Mergen de Vinisander, uh, cursed by a spell to take this form, which allowed them to escape because Dritz remembered like from lore that this black dragon had lavender eyes, which Dritz has lavender eyes, which is um, oh. which is unique amongst drow. And so the the red dragon, uh, Hephaestus, you know, says like, oh yeah, like you're my black dragon brethren. Like the Greek god of fire? Yeah, well he's, and so he's he's known for his yeah, fire breath. Yeah, makes sense. And I like it. Uh, Dritz realizes that when he, when Hephaestus, yeah, you know, uses his uh, fire breath. He closes his eyes, and so is able to kind of goad him into like the biggest fire breath ever, so that he can close his eyes mm-hmm. and the weeping friars can escape. And then Dritz eventually escapes uh, on his own. Um, and from here, Dritz has heads to Ten Towns and Icewind Dale on the suggestion of one of the friars. Mm. It's at this point that McGristle catches up with the monks, uh, and Tefan is. That's when he actually, uh when he acts toughness accidentally spills the beans that they were responsible for trapping them in the dragon's lair. And this is when okay. McGristle brutally kills toughness by trapping him in a bag and slamming him against the wall. Um, and then goes on to torture the weeping friars for information before killing them as well. He's just super He's pleasant. The worst. He's absolutely. Yeah. He- yeah. Uh I I sort of like in in reading this I envisioned the scene from uh from Fellowship of the Ring where they're torturing Gollum mm-hmm. for information and he just yells out mm-hmm. like, you know, Shire Baggins. I just mm-hmm. remember like I, I imagine one of the friars saying, you know, Dritz, ten towns. Yes. Um probably how I would have. So Dritz shows up the ten towns, but he's not allowed in. Um, by the spokesman mm-hmm. for Bryn Shander, whose name is Cassius, um, because obviously because he's a drow, right? Um, yep. But he instead advises him to like, hey, just chill out on the northern slopes of Kelvin's Carn, which is like a mountain, um, like a mountain um, formation close right. by, and sort of like mm-hmm. you know, win the win the people over by sort of protecting them, like sort of acting as a scout and and protecting them from harm. And, That'll be a way for them right. to to see that you you're actually a good guy. And mm-hmm. so it's here that Dritz meets Caterbury, the adopted daughter, the adopted human daughter of Bruner Battlehammer, the dwarf, uh, who also meets Drow uh, meets the Drow after a battle with a polar worm. Uh, Bruner doesn't believe that Dritz is a threat, but also doesn't want his adopted daughter continuing to meet with him. Eventually, right. McGristle shows up to tell everyone that Dritz is responsible for the murder of an entire family, which Bruner finds hard to believe. I mean, he, like you said, like he, he doesn't believe he's dangerous. He just doesn't, you know, he's a, he's a father. He doesn't want his kid getting into anything that might, you know, get her. Right. I don't think that you're a problem, but you are what right. you are. And so, but he's like, I don't believe that. I mean, he did, you know, he's posed no threats to us so far. And in fact, helped me against this polar worm. Um, Right. You know, he finds it hard to believe, you know, considering even just like the little bit he knows of Dritz. Uh, Caterbury defies her father and seeks out Dritz to find out the truth and ends up getting captured mm-hmm. by McGristle, who reveals yeah, he doesn't care about that family's memory. 
He doesn't even care about the brown, uh, the, the bounty that's owed on Drid's head. He just wants revenge. They fight, they hmm. battle. Drit's convinced tries to convince the trappers several times to stop. He's like, hey, like, you're not gonna win this fight. Uh, and then finally he's able to knock him unconscious. And he's pretty much McGristle's run out of town on rail, pretty much. And Bruner offers Dritz a place in Ten Towns. And the trilogy ends with this great line. Dritz surmised one phrase clearly, words he had waited so many years to hear. Welcome home. And that is the Dark Elf trilogy. That is so much. It's so much to process. It's a lot of fun. It's and if you if you have read the books, I hope that you know this little synopsis was a fun you know trip down memory lane. If you haven't read the Mm -hmm, books mm -hmm. and you think that you know there's no need because you already know knows you already know what happens. Definitely, I still recommend definitely checking them out. There are a lot, you know, like I said, it's three books condensed into about an hour. I definitely recommend reading them. They're a lot of fun. Absolutely. I have not yet read them, but it's on the list. You should definitely check them out for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, okay. I think I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week. That's a... Uh... That's a lot to digest. If you uh, if you have any questions or have any uh, if anything was unclear about the about the synopsis, like I said, you, uh, mm-hmm. hit us up on Twitter at D&D Lorecast. Yes. Uh, email D&D Lorecast at gmail.com or on the Robots Radio Network Discord. All those links are yep. in the show notes. That's where we'll be. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Sergio. And I'm Mary. Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again. May all your 20s be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.com.